Hello again, I'm Mark Middleton along with Bill Schaefer. Glad to have you with us for yet another edition of Growing Boulder. It's a program that will show you that it is never too late to live your life to the fullest. All of us, no matter who we are or what we can do, can make a difference in the lives of others. And over the next hour, you'll hear from some pretty impressive people who have found a way to make that happen in their lives. And Who knows, something in what they say just might light the spark that makes you realize it can happen for you as well. And you're going to love the show today because it's filled with celebrities, people who you'll remember like Loretta Swit, Hot Lips from the TV show MASH. She's 80 years old these days, and she'll tell us why she's not about to slow down yet. And is it possible to be in your 60s and have a true muscle man physique? Well, they call this guy Superman. Mike Millen will tell us exactly how he does it. And then remember the Little River Band. Wayne Nelson will talk about why he's working so hard to keep their sound alive today. Also hear how woodworker Nancy Hiller worked her way to the top of a male-dominated industry. But first, Maria Shriver is standing by to talk about her brand new book and why she hopes it'll bring about a brand new outlook for us all. Amazing people, inspiring stories. This is Growing Boulder. I'm Bill Schaefer with Mark Middleton. Glad to have you with us here on Growing Boulder. How many guests have you heard on this program from so many different walks of life, Mark, that all end up mentioning that they believe the key to life is making a difference, living with passion and purpose, and making life better for other people? I think it's irrefutable. You know, Our next guest would agree with all of that completely, and she knows because she's been making a difference pretty much her entire life. As a journalist and producer, she's won an Emmy and a Peabody Award. She's a special anchor for NBC. News, an advocate for caregivers of and those who have Alzheimer's disease. And on top of all of that, she's a mother of four. And by the way, she is a great writer, writing six New York Times bestsellers. Her latest is called I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life. Let's say hello to Maria Shriver. Hey, Maria, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good morning. Well, we're better now that we're talking to you. Thank you so much. You know, we were so appreciative of all you do. You're an advocate for so many causes, fighting Alzheimer's, uh, pushing edible gardening, helping those with intellectual differences. Where did you find time to write, I've been thinking, and what made you decide to do it? Well, I write a column every week called I've Been Thinking, which comes out in my Sunday paper. It's a e-newsletter that comes out, and people were writing to me saying, could you put these in one place? because they're inspiring, they're informative, they're motivating. So I responded to that. But I write a lot. I think a lot. People have told me that I think too much. But (laughs) for me, um, I've always been a curious person, which is why I went into journalism. I've always tried to understand uh, issues and beliefs from a different place. And so I think a lot, and then I find clarity by writing down what I think. And then I try to put it out there. Uh, to benefit other people. And um, it's my kind of offering, so to speak. And so I was raised, uh, I come back to the difference that you talked about in the beginning. I was raised by two people who believe their entire purpose on this earth was to make a difference. And I think when you're raised like that, you kind of just, that's all you know. And your parents expect that. So you feel like, "Uh oh, I better please my parents and I better step up. (laughs) 
Well, thank you, Maria, for the book, because it could not have come at a more perfect time. I mean, it's crazy out there. All of a sudden, the rules are different for everybody, and it's hard to find out who we even are anymore. And the book's almost like a a refresher course for for anybody who starts feeling lost, which is most of us. Well, thank you. I, that's what I've discovered kind of by being on this tour, that people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it doesn't matter. People are all saying to me, I'm in transition. I lost my job. I don't know if I'm in the right job. I don't know what political party I belong to anymore. I don't know, uh, you know, if this institution is what they say they are. So I think many of us millions are in a questioning phase. I think that you can fall into a fearful phase or you can fall into a, wow, this is an exciting, this is an opportunity phase. And I hope the book inspires people to ask questions of themselves, to realize that they are here for a reason, that we're all capable of living meaningful lives, and to have that course, to set yourself on a course to live a meaningful life uh, and to get principles and practices to help you do so is a empowering way to be in a difficult transitional time in our lives. We're talking with Maria Shriver, who's written a great new book called I've Been Thinking. Uh, you know, really, it's a pep talk. And Maria, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you is, is, is that, you know, Bill and I are kind of in the pep talk business as well. Uh, we're trying to convince people that uh, aging is not just a time of loss and limitation, but passion, possibility, uh, and purpose. And I know you're an open person, so I'm guessing it's okay to say that you're now in your 60s. Uh, what, do you, what do you say to people who think that, uh, you know, life is not worth living beyond 50 and 60 and we can't make a difference? Well, I I feel, you know, really strongly that I'm as excited today about my life as I was in my 20s. I'm totally engaged with people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond. That's the beneficiary. I think the great thing about having kids is that their friends can become your friends, and they're interesting, and they're involved. And that's a key, I think, to brain health and to feeling needed and wanted is to stay engaged. But I have so many things I want to do Uh, still. I really want to cure Alzheimer's. You know, that's a 24-7 job. And so I'm totally engaged in that space. I want to think about how we as a country can support caregivers better than we have. I want to think about how we as a country can engage people my age more in the dream uh, phase of our lives, how we can connect generations. I'm really still enthusiastic about my journalism career, about writing, about, you know, helping to shape my kids. I think I, I feel more alive today than I did in my 20s. And it's not just because you're Maria Shriver. I mean, you're out there. You're with all kinds of people. This is this is the same kind of feeling that we all should have as as we advance through life. Right. And I find so many people have it. You know, I was speaking at uh, Potter House, uh, Bishop Jake's place, and so many people my age came up to me, and they're like engaged. They love their life. They love their family, their grandparents, and I I never dawns on me that I shouldn't have dreams. I write in that book, you know, I think dreams are for all of us and they don't end in your 20s or 30s. I find very often I'm more positive about life than my kids' friends in their 20s. And I can be a source of motivation and inspiration for that generation. That's great. And, you know, I think we can inspire each other. We can help each other with dreams. We can activate others' thinking. Um, So that's what I hope this book does is that it inspires people to think themselves. It inspires people to ask these questions anew. It inspires people to believe that they have a meaningful life and go out in pursuit of it no matter your age. I never think about my age unless somebody asks me about it 
Or sometimes I have to, uh, that's a lie. I look in the mirror and I think, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Well, you know, we are so glad you're you're still, you know, on the playing field of life making a difference. Like you said, you were raised by two people who instilled that in you. But, I mean, let's be honest. You could have just kind of closed the door and said, uh, I've done my thing. My family has done my thing. I don't need the accolades. I don't need the money. What is it, Maria, that keeps you going and makes you so committed to giving so much of yourself to so many others? Well, it it definitely isn't that. It's being in community. Um, I need to be in community. I need to be in connection with other people. That's what keeps me going. Um, that's what moves me when someone comes up and tells me their story and their story is one of survival and, and um, you know, inspiration. That's what keeps me going. It keeps me going to think that, you know, that Alzheimer's disease is out there and nobody can crack it. Um, it keeps me going, thinking like we've got to crack it. I've got to find somebody. I want to fund some research. I want to educate people. That keeps me going. So it, you know, I guess also when you're raised like that, your parents are like in your head. So like if you're lying down, you think they're going to like see you, even uh-huh. if they're in heaven. So I think there's a you know a certain amount of Catholic guilt that keeps you going, uh-huh. and a certain amount of parental expectation that keeps you going. But you also want to keep going because the alternative is. Boredom, loneliness, depression, and isolation. And that really is the point of the book. It's that almost each of the chapters, Maria, the underlying message is get involved. A community is a two-way street, and that's what life is about. Really, I think that's a really good way of putting it is, you know, we all have moments in our life where we think like, you know, woe is me. I don't want to get up. There's nothing out there. And then if we're really you know, honest with ourselves, we realize it's our responsibility to pick ourselves up. It's our responsibility to take a step. And so often just taking a step is, you know, picking up a phone and telling somebody, I need help, picking up a phone and saying, can I come over, picking up a phone and saying, will you invite me out? And I do that now, you know, because I'm home alone. My kids are grown and uh, one is in college. But I find myself, you know, I used to always have somebody there to have dinner with. And I now come home and I'm like, "Mm, yikes, Um, I got to pick up the phone. I got to step out. I got to do something that's outside of my comfort zone. And that might make me feel vulnerable or, you know, uh, I don't like how it feels. But if I don't do it, I'm going to be sitting in my house alone. This is just great. You know, Maria, to all of the other titles and things that you've done, I think we need to add coach because you are now my favorite coach. Folks, the book is called I've Been Thinking. It can change your life, just give you that little bit of kick, little bit of adjustment you need, and you can find out more about the book and its incredible author at mariashriver.com. Thanks, Maria. Up next, a woman who, against all odds, found a way to not just survive, but thrive in the male-dominated industry of woodworking. This is Growing Boulder. Support for Growing Boulder provided by... Located in West Orange County, Orlando Health's Health Central Hospital is a full-service hospital with a newly expanded ER as well as top-rated neurospine and orthopedic programs. Learn more at orlandohealth.com. And by... 
The Legacy Life Project from Macbeth Studio, preserving family history, stories, and memories for generations to come by creating personal video biographies of your loved ones. Everyone has a story worth preserving. LegacyLifeProject.com I'm Mark Middleton with Bill Schaefer here on Growing Boulder, and sometimes... No matter how hard you try, life can be filled with roadblocks. They can be discouraging and overwhelming. This story tells us that sometimes the best way around can be to drive right through. That's exactly what Nancy Hiller did. She had everything stacked against her. Constantly belittled, she was able to turn humiliation into motivation to become one of the top woodworkers in the country. Imagine, even at a very young age, feeling like a disappointment to everyone. I was never the popular kid in our family. My sister was. I wasn't the cute one. I wasn't the one who was easy to get along with. As she got older, things only got worse. I would always be the one who was not popular. I would be the one standing against the wall at parties. But for Nancy Hiller, nothing hurt worse than when she was rejected by a member of her family. My stepfather, with whom I had a very contentious relationship, would stop by almost every day and insult whatever I was doing. And his usual insult was, Cool, Nancy, you're useless. Called useless by her own stepfather. Well, there are only two ways to deal with that. You either accept it or you fight back. Nancy chose to fight. I would spite him by going down to the local vocational college and checking out what they had. What they had was a woodworking class, motivated by spite. She thought this is just the thing to prove him wrong, but could she? You looked around the room and how many women were there? There were no women. I was the only woman in that class. And as if that wasn't discouraging enough, things even got worse when she picked up a saw. The first day, I almost quit the course because I realized I didn't even know how to cut a straight line. What if her stepfather was right, she thought. What if she was useless? And I was so frustrated that I just started crying and I had to hide behind my workbench. I mean, I didn't have to hide. I was just so embarrassed. And so I was like, I don't think I can do this. But then I thought, if I don't see this through, I'm going to have to admit defeat to my stepfather. And that was not going to happen. So she threw herself into her work, and little by little, she got better and better, until she became one of the best, creating highly customized pieces, admired for both their design and craftsmanship. I mean, I think we all need to really challenge ourselves in how we think of what is beautiful and what appeals to us. Nancy Hiller proved her stepfather wrong. She settled into a career as a cabinet maker, but that's not the end of her story. Working with wood is a slow and intricate process, requiring hours alone with your project, your tools, and your thoughts. 
Because of that monotony, and because I have a sort of overactive brain some of the time, which tends to become neurotically focused on especially bad things that people say to me, or if they make some remark about how women shouldn't be in that field or whatever, I just basically, while I am working, I'm thinking about here are the 50 responses that I would like to make to that person. And that's how I got into writing. Because I'm not one of those people who, like off the cuff, come up with the perfect response to an insult. It was really her own form of therapy. But she sent those writings into woodworking magazines, and before long, those columns made her one of the leading voices in the industry. Somehow, the little girl who was such a disappointment was now internationally renowned for her skills as a woodworker, a columnist, and as an author who's published multiple books. Things have turned out pretty well for the little girl that just didn't fit in. I feel very blessed. It is ironic, though. I constantly have people thinking, yeah, well, that's easy for you because you get to do this. And I'm like, oh, you think this just fell in my lap? No. I mean, it's been years of, you know, lying in bed in the middle of the night thinking, how am I going to pay the mortgage next month? And trying to be creative and come up with ways of doing what I have to do that will be rewarding to me as well. So not just paying the bills, but satisfying my intellect or doing the kind of work that I think is beautiful. And it means you have to work longer hours and you have to really stretch yourself. And sometimes you have to do stuff that's not fun or that's physically arduous and it's dirty and it's sweaty, but so what? I mean, if you get that kind of reward at the end of the day and you can look back over a body of work and think I made that it's very satisfying so Nancy Hiller wasn't so useless after all <laughs> yes really my whole life has been about speaking back to my stepfather it's a powerful story for anyone out there, Mark, who has ever in their lives, you know, felt unappreciated. Yeah, I love it because instead of hiding from her experiences, she's using them to push for integrity and equality. And for someone who was convinced that she was useless, now she's nothing less than an inspiration. Coming up next, how Wayne Nelson is keeping the Little River Band alive one song at a time. This is Growing Boulder. Support for Growing Boulder provided by the Center for Health and Well-Being. Coming soon in Winter Park. Wellness, fitness, and medicine together in one convenient location, offering programs and services to promote healthy living and positive aging. More at yourhealthandwellbeing.org. Sign up for the Growing Boulder Insider Newsletter, delivered to your inbox every week. Be the first to see our latest interviews, stories, and tips for making each day count. Sign up today at growingboulder.com.
Oh, man, that is one of the greatest sounds in the history of rock, taking us back to the early 80s. I think it was 1981, Mark. Take it easy on me by the Little River Band. And that voice is that of our next guest. You know, the Little River Band has sold more than 30 million records, had something like a dozen top 40 hits, so many you almost forget them until you hear them. Songs like Cool Change, Lonesome Loser, and Reminiscing. Yeah, isn't it amazing how a song can take you back? Yeah. I don't think I could remember that far back were it not for songs, but yeah, boom, you're right there. You know, the band has had a number of personnel changes over the years. In fact, over a dozen musicians have officially been part of the band, but only one guy has been there since since 1979. He was the voice you hear singing hits like Night Owl and Take It Easy On Me. And he's the guy that is, for all intents and purposes, keeping the Little River Band alive. And we've got a chance now to talk with him today. Let's say hello to Wayne Nelson. Hey, Wayne, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the air. It's good to talk to both of you. Well, you know, thank you for your part in making it possible for all of us to still have a chance to hear these great songs performed live. What's it like out there on tour these days? Because it sure seems like you've got a lot of fans. We do, and um, uh, we're on a steady climb back into the minds of of lots of people, kind of one show at a time, one town at a time. Um, We're 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 on an average of about between 80 and 90 shows a year um but the 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 amount of people and the the size of those shows is 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 getting bigger and and quality increasing or whatever it's 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 just a great time so many people as you said in your intro don't remember the songs first of all all of them they're every single night you can see the shock in some people's faces um they come to hear one of those top three or four songs and then they hear seven or eight more and it's just this big momentum that just keeps building and people go away going holy cow we forgot about all those tunes but the great thing is that we are reaching a very much younger audience now um there are still the people coming to the shows that were you know listening to the band when that music was brand new in the 70s and 80s but their kids grew up with it and now they're passing it on to their kids because um quite frankly Layered vocals and guitar parts like that era uh, produced are very few and far between now. Really interesting comment you made there, Wayne, about feeling that that you're building again. I mean, when you go see the group, the harmonies are great. The band is strong. You guys improvise, and you still write music. You can hear that you guys have a commitment to excellence. Why why not just roll through the hits and, and then go on to the next city? Well, I was there when we tried that. And that, first of all, that was that was a formula for disaster because people know it, people feel it. Um, I've been to shows for bands that were at one time heroes of mine and walked away very disappointed because I knew they were doing just that. Um, and there's a there's a fine balance between doing new songs and doing the hits and and staying committed to them. But the other reason, from a what's I. I I hesitate to use the word spiritual, but from a commitment level as a musician, um, from a passion level, if we don't keep writing and creating music, which is, in in my opinion, what we're here for, um, that's what musicians are here for. We're blessed to have that kind of a, a, a life where we can reach people with music. If we don't keep doing it, the plumbing gets clogged up, you're done. You look like you're going through the moves, and for two reasons. Little River Band went through it. 
and uh, it's one of the reasons that I left the band. We were committed to not doing anything new, and we were playing the same 11 the same way. And I said, life's too short. I had personal reasons, and I said, I'm not, I'm not going to keep doing it. Personnel changed, and there was a new passion to do new music, record a new CD. And they asked me to come back and play and produce that CD. Um, and I said, of course, I, I'm, I'm in, and I'm in wholeheartedly. Uh, and I've seen the, I've seen the uh, result. The working on new music keeps us fresh and keeps us um, injecting new things into the hits. So people come to see the hits, and they, they see this band having a great time. They hear little gems of moments that are, are spontaneous or have been worked into the arrangement, and they go, wow, I got, I got the emotion of the song, but I got this whole different energy for it seeing this band live, um, which has created a momentum for the live show, which has created a momentum for venues to want us back. And it, uh, it, it all works, you know, like hand in glove to keep the band feeling current and, and on this role that we're on right now. We're talking to Wayne Nelson, who really is the, the heart and soul of the Little River Band. And, 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 you know, Wayne, you mentioned the problems that we all go through. Everybody is different. But we do have that one thing in common is in that we have to face the unexpected, whatever that might be. You've had to deal with probably the most difficult of all when your daughter riding in a car was killed when somebody ran a red light. She was just 13. There are so many of us out there dealing with challenges. How did you get past that to, to, to reach the point where you are today, obviously enjoying life and, and, and with a good positive perspective? First and foremost um, was my son. My son was only 15 when that accident happened, and he was in the front seat. Um, he and his friend, they, they were all on the way to a hockey game, and they were riding with that friend's parents because I was – out of the country. It couldn't have been, couldn't have been a worse scenario. Um, and you can go through what ifs forever. You can look backwards and go, what if, what if I had been driving and they hadn't? What if they'd have left one minute earlier? What if Aubrey had decided not to go because she was the only, she, she was the, the, she was the sister. She wasn't going to play. She was just going along for the ride. Um, and you can torture yourself with that. But my son survived the accident, and at that fragile point in a teenager's life, he had to go back to high school. He had to walk the halls with people looking at him after a month. Um, this kid is, is just remarkable, but he was my boy, and I couldn't let him flounder. Keeping him upright was a purpose to live for. And the other thing, too, uh, in, in the spirit of, of her— she was a budding writer and um, w wrote things that I found on our first little home computer later on um, that I actually was – I mean, I'm in the business of, of writing and analyzing words and lyrics and, and whatever. Uh, she just blew me away at the age of 11. Um, she was going to be something, and I couldn't let that just lay still. I, I, I felt like to, to – to keep going with my commitment and career was part of honoring herbs. And I, I, there's no way to put that for an 11 year old who knows what she would have been. 
and you did push forward and you are living life to the fullest. You're in your late sixties now. I know that, uh, you, you know, family is still important. You and your wife Rhonda go on the road together. She's even written a book about life on the road. You're still playing and still creating. Can you leave us Wayne with, with a takeaway from that, a, a, a bit of wisdom on what you believe life is, is really all about? I, I will refer to something that Rhonda has said and done, and um, in talking about a different life, um, her whole her whole take on it is to take the life that you love, make it the one you live, and live it, um, and, and and enjoy it, and and cr- commit to it. And she 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 created a, a shirt that says, um, "Live the life you love." Well, folks, if you have the chance, do yourself a favor and go see Wayne Nelson and the Little River Band. Just check out their website for tour schedule, information, and so much more. It's littleriverband.com. Thanks, Wayne. What will become of the restless kind? Where do they go when they've done their time? Up next, he's 64 years old, and the guy is ripped. The secrets to a strong and great-looking body from Mike Millen, the guy they call Superman. This is Growing Bolder. Support for Growing Boulder provided by the Masson Spine Institute, where world-renowned minimally invasive techniques lead to fast recovery. The Masson Spine Institute, excellence in spinal surgery. More information at MassonSI.com. And by Winter Park's new Crosby Wellness Center at the Center for Health and Well-Being. More than just a gym, it features unique medically integrated programs, activities for all ages and skill levels, and free group exercise classes with memberships. More at CrosbyWellnessCenter.org. My guards stood hard when abstract threats to noble, to neglect. Bill Schaefer and Mark Middleton here, and this is Growing Boulder. Our next guest, Mark, may be the fittest over 60-year-old on the planet. This guy, I mean, I'm sure you may have seen him. He's become a bit of a social media superstar thanks to videos of his unusual workouts. You can see him on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And whenever he's interviewed or featured, he's usually referred to as a 65-year-old Superman. Of course, we're talking about Mike Millen. Yeah, and what we love most about Mike is his career creativity in his workouts, his belief that fitness not only should be fun, but actually to be successful, it has to be fun. He is a stereotype-breaking fitness machine who's not only proving the benefits of functional fitness, he's helping others live active lives of passion and purpose. Let's find out more as we welcome him from his home in the United Kingdom, Mr. Mike Millen. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm very well, Mark and Bill, and it's uh, a pleasure to be able to talk to you. Uh, this afternoon, which I'm sure is uh, quite early in the morning for you. If, for instance, I'm talking a bit too quick or you don't understand my accent, <laughs> please tell me to slow down so uh, the English accent doesn't come across where you can't understand me. So, no, no. Great to talk to you. 
and I look forward to, to sharing uh, my experiences with you. It's well, an absolute pleasure. Well, we love it. And, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I think makes you so unusual and, and what drew me to your videos is the vast majority of your workouts are based upon using your own body weight as resistance. Uh, what led you to actually incorporating so much of that into your workout? Yeah, um, I get asked that quite a lot, really, and I just feel it's a fluidity. Um, I don't think, generally, we're meant to be sort of going to these stereotype gyms of sitting in a nice armchair, uh, cushioned seat and then doing it, carrying out a movement. I just think it's in our DNA to just move more freely and use our own body weight. Um, for instance, it's as kids, we just kids just exploring themselves all the time, aren't they? Trying to learn new moves and stuff like that. And then most adults, as we get older, we stop, tend to stop doing that. So, and I don't know why I haven't stopped doing that, but it just seems to, I want to carry on. For instance, you see a, a child or a kid walking along uh, the, the street and there's a wall there, he'll want to climb on the wall. He won't want to walk along the street. He wants to challenge himself. If they're going apart, they want to jump around in the puddles. And I just think there's so much more benefit to, to, to mobility and flexibility, especially as you get older. And I just think it's, it's so much more beneficial and more fun. You know, you can be so creative with the exercises that you do if you're just using your body weight. For instance, a press-up. A press-up can be a press-up. But, hey, let's start moving sideways around the, the press-up or, or sticking the leg out or just make it a bit more challenging and thinking... You know what, can I do this? If it works, it works. And you think afterwards, probably, you're going to go, hmm, that worked my muscles on my, my body in a different way. And also, uh, mentally challenge me. So, really, I suppose that's how it's, it's developed. And uh, it's very, I'm surprised at, uh, you know, the, the compliments I'm receiving for it because, uh, to me, it just comes quite natural. And I don't think I'm anything special. But it's, it seems to work. And... It's always, I always think it's got to be fun. You know, most people go to the gym and it, it's a bit tiresome. You know, they don't really have a passion for it. So I always think, look, let's have a bit of fun. Let's just go and, and, and experiment, play around. And whatever your age or whatever your ability, I do think there's an exercise program out there for you. Of course, we all have different levels and stuff like that. But you know what? Try things. Get back out in that fresh air. Um, splash around in the puddles or whatever on a rainy day and uh, just have fun and enjoy yourself as you do, as we all done when we were kids. Why do we stop doing that? Then movements that we do as children. We want to climb trees and I just think that that's carried on through my adult life and, and um, it's brought me quite a few benefits. Well, people seem to think it is and it's something I still have a passion for so I suppose that's where it's come from. And health-wise, I do think it's better than just doing standard uh, statutory movements or whatever. We are listening to a 65-year-old guy, Mike Millen, over in the U.K. This guy's amazing. He's all over social media, and we were blown away by him. You know, Mike, we've heard a lot about functional fitness these days, fitness that's designed to improve our mobility and flexibility, and it's kind of what you've been talking about. You know, instead of just doing a bunch of push-ups or bench presses, you know, you have fun with what you do. Is it fair to say that your workouts are, are really grounded in this idea of functional fitness? Yes, but it's not something I've trained for or 
I definitely believe that, that the functional movement is, is what we're designed to do. And so I've never had any training in it or, or read any books. It just seems to have developed from, from within, if you like. And people ask me quite a few times, how do you come up with all these exercises? You know, you need to get a life. You need to go out a bit more <laughs> in a joking way. And it's difficult for me to uh, understand how I think these exercises. And, and all I can think about is uh, uh, related to a songwriter. Now, do they sit down and say, right, I'm going to write a song now? Probably not. Most of the time, they get a, a flash in a, a, of an idea and they write something down, and then before they know, they've done a song. And I'll go into a gym, or I'm in a park, or somewhere that's not associated with a gym, and I'll just see an exercise there. I'll see an item of equipment. or So, I don't, again, I just don't think it's anything special, but it, the benefits are so much, much more than just doing normal bench pressing or anything like that. And so it just makes it always so enjoyable to do. For instance, a couple of weeks ago, I posted, well, yeah, two weeks ago, I posted a, a, a short clip on my Instagram. We had a storm over here, which resulted in a tree falling down in my, in my garden. You call it a backyard, I think, but in my garden. It's a really large tree, maybe 30 metres tall. So I went down there, and it was all broken and stuff like that. And I thought, well, I need to see what state it's in before I get the tree surgery to cut it down. And I looked at this tree, and I saw a chin-out bar. So I just started to do a few chin-outs on this tree that had fallen in the, in the night. And I just thought, I'll put it, and I made a little video of it, and, yeah, I posted that on Instagram. So if you go into my Instagram, you can see, uh, get an idea about what, what I mean and how it comes for me. It just seems to come. So from an adversity of you know, a tree coming down and having to organize that, I just had a little bit of fun doing some chin-ups on it. The world is his playground, folks. Uh, he is extremely creative, and you got to look at this guy, his videos. He's got like 5 or 6% body fat. Uh, we don't talk to genetic super freaks. I think, Bill, it's fair to say he's got good genes. I think it's also fair to say that if he didn't work out to the extent that he did, uh, he would be a very lethargic, uh, uh, skinny fat kind of a guy. I mean, he, he, do, he puts in the hard work. Uh, folks, you do want to check him out. Uh, Google Mike Millen. That's M-I-L-L. L-E-N. Uh, check out his videos either on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram. You will be motivated. Mike, we've got 30 seconds left. Give us a takeaway, a big general takeaway about life in general, because you seem to have it figured out. you got a big smile on your face. Uh, uh, you're in great shape. What, what's the secret to life? To have fun. If you're feeling stressed or whatever, then change your life and, and just have and try and have fun. We all have the things going on in our, you know, our, our lives and stuff, but Try and have fun. Try and enjoy yourself. And if you're happy with within, then, you know, you're going to uh, be so much happier on the outside as well. Mike Millen, thank you so much for your time. Up next, catching up with Hot Lips Houlihan. Loretta Swit tells us how she's still growing bolder. Support for Growing Boulder provided by the UCF College of Medicine, where physicians, scientists, and teachers are discovering innovative solutions for today's medical challenges and bringing them to you. Learn more about the college's physician practice at ucfhealth.com. 
subscribe to Growing Boulder magazine, now with more information, articles, and photos than ever before. This quarterly publication is unlike any other, filled with the kind of inspiration you need to live your life to the fullest. More information at growingbolder.com slash subscribe. Listening to Growing Boulder, I'm Mark Middleton, and you know there have been a lot of great TV shows over the years, but only a handful that inspired people to think, to question, to feel, and to laugh the way that MASH did. It's one of the most honored and long-running programs in television history, appearing on CBS for 11 seasons from 1972 until 1983. It features an ensemble cast and one of the characters that was there from the beginning to the end. I think 243 episodes or something was Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan, played by Loretta Swit. Mass definitely had a point of view, so you won't be surprised that Loretta is still using her many talents to make a difference. She is, in fact, now an accomplished artist and the author of a book that features her painting and drawings that call, is called Sweetheart. And all proceeds from the book are donated to charities and to programs that are dedicated to ending animal suffering and cruelty. Let's say hello and learn more from Loretta Swit. Hey, Loretta, how are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Well, well, thank you for taking uh, some of your time. It's obvious you're very, very busy. We, we just love what you're doing. Growing Boulder, as you may know, is all about continuing to express yourself. You travel. You're an animal activist. You're a leading voice that has not been diminished uh, iota by age. Did you ever think you'd be living the kind of life that you are now uh, at the age of 80? Um, I don't think I ever thought about it, but I... I will say I never thought that I would stop doing what I do, if that makes sense. I I don't I don't see any end to things, and and it sounds strange. I just keep going. Now, you you know, know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, and it's not strange. It seems like people that allow themselves to be influenced by what we think we're supposed to be doing at 80 probably don't continue to, to do what you do. Uh, and and what, what you do is, uh, obviously, uh, you've not retired from acting. In fact, you've got two stage projects coming up. One is called Six Dance Lessons in Six Weeks. The other is a play about Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, how have you managed to stay as active as you are or as you want to be in an industry that uh, has historically been very unkind to uh, people as they age? I think things are changing. At least I hope they are. Uh, I think um, the fact that I'm still out there is significant. I think it's great. Um, uh, and especially now, I think it's the years of the women. Women are are um, roaring. You know, not only have they found a voice, they're uh, using it loudly and well, you know. And, you know, to a, to a real, uh, in a very real way, Loretta, they're, they're standing on the shoulders of women like you. I, I do want to get to your art, but, but let's talk a little bit about your character in M.A.S.H., because uh, 
uh, Hot Lips Houlihan was very much a, a raging feminist back there. I mean, she was a role model for women uh, in an era that had few like her. I mean, she was a very powerful woman in a, in a male-dominated world. Did you enjoy playing her? Oh, very much. I very I loved her character. She was um, strong and uh, thoughtful and caring. She was. It was important for her to be great at her job, and um, uh, she was always trying to be better at what she was doing, and uh, continued to try to. Um, demand respect in an era where it wasn't prominent. You know, that was the 50s. Um, Women in the military was a strange thing, a different, curious thing in the 50s. And there she was with uh, a high rank. Uh, Yeah, I thought she was special. She was an interesting, wonderful character. We're talking with actress and artist and advocate Loretta Swit uh, about all that she's up to. And, you know, let's let's mention your book because uh, it's a great title, Switheart. Uh, Tell us about Mm -hmm. it, because it's not only a showcase for for your talent as an artist, but also for your passion as an animal uh, advocate. Uh, It's wonderful that all of those things have come together to produce the book. I'm very proud of the book. I really uh, I think it turned out so beautifully, and it's doing very well. And I, um, I'm <laughs> working on book two, so I'm I'm very very pleased. I've been drawing and painting since I'm a kid. I won a, an art prize when I was six years old, and uh, all through schools I was. Um, sketching and painting and doing doing posters or making my own greeting cards or, you know. Um, and so for it to um, now come to fruition and be, it, and be used in a way that helps my goals in other areas, uh, like my charity, for example. And um, it's, it's great. And I've um, art and acting or painting, or the arts, have always been my stimuli. And uh, and I just love that I'm being able to continue to express myself in that way. And it's such a great example for all of us. Uh, you know, the latest issue of Growing Boulder magazine, uh, Loretta, is, uh, is called The Power of Creative Engagement. And it's all about uh, the health benefits uh, as we age of staying involved in, in creative aspects. I mean, one study after another is showing that, uh, you know, being creative is truly a path to active longevity. You must feel that yourself. Uh, indeed. I agree with that. I also want to mention that Having animal companions is another additive. Um, It's been proven that people live longer who care about animals, have animals, uh, and get the kind of unconditional love you get from pet companions. Uh, That's also been a factor. You know, Loretta, we often say that that, that maybe when you get down to it, the the highest value of celebrity uh, is when, you know, you can help 
other people learn what you've learned about life because you do have that platform. You're now 80 years old. I know it's not lost on you that uh, when we were in our teens, there weren't many 80-year-old women like you that were publishing books, creating art, making a statement, still active, still doing what they're doing. What have you learned about life in general, Loretta, that we can learn from you? What's the secret to remaining relevant? Oh, wow. Um, Probably um, passion. I have a lot of that. That's, in fact, uh, just for a moment to get back to Margaret Houlihan. um, I loved her passion. She felt strongly about things And she was uh, an active person. She did things that she, she did things, she did something about the things that she was passionate about. And uh, uh, I've always been passionate about animals and um, making their lives good and better. Keep working on that to improve their lot in life, uh, whether it's rescue or placement or what what have you? I've, I work with some remarkable organizations who do just that, and um, it's a big important part of my life. Uh, veterans and and POWs, uh, another large part of my life. I am an honorary descendant of POWs in the Pacific Theater, and I I speak at reunions. I. Uh, go to the reunions and laugh and dance and hug them. I did a, um, this all came about was, again, the art part of my life. I did a, a um, documentary called Never the Same, and it told the story of of our POWs who came back from being captives never the same way, how it affected them. Um, psychologically and physically and and so uh, over the years they've become close friends that I care about and I was just um, not just but uh, last year wow it's already 18 uh, it's funny to hear myself saying last year but I was a, um, I was in the uh, United Forces Parade in Phoenix in Orleans and I, I care about those things to be visible and talk about uh, how we can never stop thanking them for what they've done for us. And uh, so so the things that I feel passionate about, I'm happy that I'm, I'm allowed to, to participate. And I think now my mother passed when she was 106 years old. So People tell me I have the DNA to keep <laughs> on going, but as I reflect on her life, she too was very she was very um, out there. We are in. We're running out of time, Lord. I could talk to you forever. Uh, we we are inspired by Loretta Swit. We're inspired by Margaret Houlihan. Uh, thank you so much for remaining plugged in uh, and sharing your mis- message about the power of passion. Because when we don't have a reason to get up in the morning, pretty soon we just stop getting up. Uh, thank you for what you've done and for what you continue to do, uh, folks. She is Loretta Swit. Uh, so much to say, and if you'd like to learn more, a great place to start is her website. Witheart.com. You can see some of her artwork, learn about her causes, and even buy her book. Thanks so much to Loretta Swit.
Well, you've heard from some pretty impressive people and listened to some unforgettable stories on this program, so why not take a minute to think about you? What is your growing boulder story? What do you wish it was? Why don't you take a minute and start writing yours down? Think about it, craft it, and then find a way to live it because you are the author of your own story. It's about time to pick up the pen and start writing. You know, you're right. Life is a gift. Don't waste a day just going through the motions. Take control and start living life to the fullest. And go to growingbolder.com right away. You'll find hundreds of stories and interviews guaranteed to give you all the ideas and all the inspiration that you need. See what a difference it makes when you surround yourself with encouragement and inspiration. That's Growing Boulder. Growing Boulder is a production of Boulder Broadcasting, all rights reserved. This program was recorded live at the studios of WMFE Orlando. It is written and produced by Jill Middleton, Jackie Carlin, Mark Middleton, and Bill Schaefer. Executive producer is Katie Widrick. Technical director is Jason Morrow. Chief audio engineer is Mac Dula. And our most important team member is you. Remember, when it comes to growing bolder, it's not about age, it's about attitude. Oh